We want to welcome you back to the Enduring Churches podcast. I'm Alan Small, and I'm here with my great friend, Trent Young. And man, we are excited to be here with you. Uh, you know, there's a great weekend of, of football this past weekend. I didn't get to see any of it as busy at churches, but I heard it was great. So um, anyway, so it reminds us of, of a, lot of, a lot of battles, a lot of things going on in there. So Trent, tell us what we're talking about today. Okay, well, first of all, I will say that you missed some great football this past weekend. I really hadn't been a big NFL guy, but I tell you what, the Chiefs won and, and several other uh, amazing finishes in football, so it was good. But today we're going to talk about not football, but we're going to talk about some other battles, um, some other things that are going on. And, uh, you know, we've been going through this um, list of different personality types and pastors and or struggles and pastors and and today Alan we want to kind of keep going with that and we want to talk about the embattled pastor pastor that is constantly having to fight a war and uh, so we just want to kind of dig into that how does that affect us how can we work through that yeah that's a tough one um you know when you think about it, the different profiles uh we've we've looked at this is the one that you go in, hopefully not looking uh, for fights everywhere. I think there's probably some who who, who like the fight, but um, you know we've we've seen a lot of folks who have worked their way out of ministry because they they got into a situation where it was a constant fight and they decided the fight just wasn't worth it anymore. And so the embattled pastor, it's a it's a real thing for for those of you who who really like me. I've had one major antagonist in my entire ministry. I've had some small antagonists, but I've only had one that I would say was kind of a, a bully. And I've been blessed, but I know I know some pastors who have had them around every corner and coming after them at times violently, threatening real violence against them. Mm -hmm. And that's tough. It is. It is, yeah. I've visited with some pastors recently who have that guy who's just seems to be a constant thorn in the flesh. And I wonder if Paul, if that's what he's praying about, you know, we think, well, maybe it's his eyesight or his mother-in-law. I don't know which, uh -huh. but <laughs> but maybe it's somebody who's um, in ministry or somebody around them that keeps coming after him. But, you know, if you've been keeping up with the news at all, Alan and I, sometimes have time to do that, but there is a term that has become uh, part of our, our life these days. It's called the great resignation. Um, as news people have been talking about that in, in terms of businesses, but I, I want you to know it's also affecting churches. Um, pastors are resigning from churches. And, and so I think part of this issue that Alan and I are mentioning, the embattled pastor, I think this is part of it. It's just that constant fight that we we get worn out. We get um, we get tired of of handling this, and and I think a lot of pastors are saying it's not worth it. Yeah, because the battles, the battle, the battlefields changed. You know, COVID completely changed the entire battlefield that we're looking at. You know, um, three years ago, you didn't fight on. You you never had to worry about what people were going to say to you about, are you mask or, or anti-mask? Are you vax or anti-vax? Are you open or closed? You know, um, we, we've added a whole new level of 
on, on the playing field that when you add that in addition to church and politics you, mm-hmm. on top of all the other battles that go on in church life, you know, old strategies, new strategies, my way or your way or, the, you know, all those other things. There's a lot of guys who just said, you know what? It's too many fights and I'm not fighting anymore. And yeah. and the pastors who are in there still fighting, you know, they're tired. And it's a hard, it's a hard journey when you're constantly, constantly fighting. Because let's just look at it objectively. You know, being a minister, when you consider the time and education and all that you put into it, the cost, the cost benefit analysis, analysis to you personally probably isn't, isn't the highest in the world. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and you know, somebody looking from the outside in. Um, would say, isn't ministry supposed to be the best job in the world? And my response to that would be yes and no. Um, And I was told before I um, went into ministry, if you can do anything else, do it. Um, Because the person knew and had been through a lot of the stuff, just the crud that happens when you're dealing with people. And so, you know, you think about, working for God is, is ministry. Is see, we get to see some amazing stuff happen in people's lives, don't we? We get to see God working and impacting people. Uh, but there is an old joke among pastors that ministry would be lots of fun if it wasn't for the people. That's true. That's true. We've all had those days, right? You know, and I think we all understand that. And then then things sometimes ramp up to a whole nother degree of ugly you know, mm-hmm. where it really is a battle. I remember um, during my first church, Trent, there was a, a church up the road about 15 minutes away from me that um, the pastor and the church were locked in a confrontation. This church had pi- had fired several previous pastors, and this pastor said, I, he decided he was going to go toe-to-toe with them. He wasn't going to let them oust him. And so he locked up the church building on a Sunday night when they all came back for church. They, they broke in um, oh to the building and, and still had their service without him. And um, it was just, it was, it was an ugly, ugly, ugly thing going on um, mm-hmm. in, in that place. And, and I thought, man, why would anyone? I mean, I'm just thinking about this. Who on either side sticks around um, for all that? Yeah. But but I can't believe that that some of those things you know actually go on. Talking with a pastor yesterday, sharing with me about his first church and how he almost left ministry because he had been physically threatened that if I catch you outside the church, I'm going to whoop you. You know, and um, you know, pastors receive death threats. You know, it's crazy some of the stuff. Um, that go that go that goes on that goes on sometimes and you, mm-hmm. it does make you scratch your head and it does make you wonder and if you're listening today and you're not going through that thank God that you're not but remember that someone is yeah yeah there are people um, in our nation and in nations across the world that are having to deal with this stuff you know we we worry about and and rightfully so, the things that we have deal with here in the U.S., but there's a whole lot worse happening around the world. 
Alan and I both have been literally around the world and we've seen what pastors that, you know, they commit themselves to going and serving in spite of some of these things. And so maybe that's a good reminder, but, but I wrote down, I think this is important that people are all sinful, right? Scripture says for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the basis of sin is, is self or selfishness. So our selfishness runs amok and makes up for us to be at war between other us and other people. And because we all want what we want and we really don't care what other people need. Um, and that happens in church too. It's not just outside of church. You think, oh, well, that'll never happen in church. And it definitely happens in church. And so there becomes these uh, power struggles that happen in church. Lots of times that, that power struggle can be between a pastor and somebody in the congregation as well. Yeah, and I think a lot of times that happens, you know, there's not clear expectations of, of mm -hmm. the roles of people in the church. Um, it's a church with a history, uh, too, of not keeping pastors for a long period of time. So there, there tends to be leadership voids um, quite often. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it happens because a damaged a damaged person leaves somewhere else because they couldn't get their way, and then they they come in and, and buddy up for a second to get their way in, and then start trying to do what they've done everywhere else they've been, and they become habitual problem makers in a, in a, in a new place, and they will almost always pick out someone who's newer and fresher in ministry when given the choice. Yeah. Uh, and I think Alan and I have seen this happen. I, I mean, I had people come in to the churches that I've pastored and just what Alan said and they, you know, they, and, and I've also had people, Alan, maybe you've had this happen too, that, or I had people say, Oh, so-and-so left their church and they were mad there. We should get them to come here. And I'm like, no, no, if they're angry there, they're going to be angry here. Why would we want to do that? Uh, yeah. yeah, you don't want anyone until their anger is gone. Yeah, yeah. You know, in fact, back to um, there, there are some folks that really aren't welcome in any of the churches uh, that are, we are in cooperation with for what they have mm -hmm. done in other places. Yeah. You know. Well, I yeah, I I met with people that would come and want to join our church, and I they would tell me that they left their church because they were angry with their pastor or something else. And I, I told several, hey, until you go and meet with your pastor and make amends and and get that worked out, don't come and want to be a part of here. You've got to get that worked out. So, so well, Trent, as we're as we're recording this today, you know, if we if we get to chasing things, there's a squirrel outside my window right now trying to get to my bird feeding. And so uh, if all of a sudden I say squirrel, I just want you to know. I just want you to know why. <laughs> it's not me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like literally there's, you know, not chasing a squirrel. There really is a squirrel. To, to uh, yeah. just, not that any of you out there listen, but this is this is problematic. <laughs> so, well, anyway. at least the dog isn't freaking out about the squirrel. That's, yeah, that's not yet anyway. So <laughs> yeah. anyway, but. You know, that might be my battle of the day is with this squirrel. But, you know, that's that's what an embattled pastor is. It feels like every day of your life is a fight. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. man, that is rough. No one no one wants to feel like you've been been through 15 rounds every single day of your life. 
And what it does is it begins to mess with your psyche. Uh, it really, it really does. And, and there's really no way to come out of that situation without some type of like almost emotional damage um, yeah. in a way. And we've got some things written down here. Um, you know, how, how can being in a battle all the time Trent, cause us to be fearful? Well, there's, yeah, there's several things we listed here. And I, and I want to add to this, all the things we talk about also affect your family as a pastor, not just you individually. And I just thought about that. We should add that in there. But um, fear, first of all, you mentioned, um, you know, especially somebody who's younger in ministry and you're like, okay, well, if they run me off here, where am I going to find another job? Or what are they gonna what are they gonna say? You know, and that fear just kind of builds on itself and snowballs. Yeah, I think we all want a sense of security, you know, and I think we all long for for security. And when you don't have security, it, it's certainly you're you're not gonna make as good of decisions. You know, when you feel when you feel fearful, you know that's why many wild animals attack. It's when they're backed into a corner. It's not because they're mad. It's because they're afraid and they don't know a way out. And when we don't know a way out and we're fearful, um, our typical response isn't going to be our be our best response. So fear can be a, a huge problem. And then of course, um, fear can become anger. I know I've gotten mad at people who weren't even. It wasn't really a big deal, but I have shown my anger to some people when I shouldn't have done it. So you can imagine what it's like when you're really feeling with your back against the wall. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, eventually uh, you become cynical about life and your church and about ministry um, and just you're very negative. Uh, you talk to pastors and those in ministry who have been through a lot of battles and a lot of them are very negative about life, about ministry, and sometimes about God. Um, and that's sad. You know, when we're supposed to be the hope dealers when and <laughs> being cynical is the opposite of, of being hopeful, I think. And so I think that's yeah, a big trend. And we might add here with the cynicism thing, I think what happens too is you start thinking that everyone is your fight. Mm -hmm. You know, you start feeling like everybody is, everyone in the, in the church wants to fight with you and wants to argue with you. And it, and you, you start expecting that. You start living. I think when you're cynical, you start living for that fight. And, yeah. and that's a very unhealthy place uh, for, for mm -hmm. us to be when, when we are, in in that moment and if you're one of these embattled pastors today i want you i want to encourage you especially with this particular one ask yourself am i getting to the place where i enjoy the fight mm -hmm. yeah that's a great question and I, just think about how this plays out okay so a young pastor goes to his first church has to deal with this fight constantly and eventually he either gives in or they run him off and then he goes to another church hopefully but then he has that just what you mentioned alan that he he's always looking for a fight because he's he's very defensive about everything he does and so that affects you in lots of ways you know you you come across as very angry you don't give people a chance and then um you're just constantly stirred up 
and you don't let people close to you either. I think that's a, a big problem. That is. Yeah, that's that's so true. But what we really have to remember is that this this sense of division, that's that's one of the best tools that Satan uses to divide his church. He wants a divided church. He wants a fighting church. He he wants an embattled pastor. And we need to remember that that we're really fighting a, a spiritual um, a spiritual battle. And so how do we fight in this spiritual battle? How how do we overcome that? And that's it's tough. <laughs> I don't want to yeah. I, I don't want to discourage you, but I also want to encourage you that if if you find yourself being an embattled pastor, this is not we can give you one, two, three, and all of a sudden everything's gonna be better. It's mm. going to take time. Yeah. Yeah. So there's several things that we want to point out to you this morning, especially if you're in that or even to equip you if um, you're young in ministry that, and you haven't faced this. We want you to kind of understand what you need to be doing if you face this. I've, I've told this to a, a pastor, a new pastor recently, and we worked through some of these things. And one of the things I think big thing to keep in mind is that, Scripture says that our battle is not against flesh and blood, and that our, we begin to, to put these faces of the people in our pews as the people that we're fighting against, and it's really not them. Satan is the one we're fighting against. Unfortunately, he's using them sometimes. He's using us sometimes um, to do that. So um, there's, there's three or four things here we want to point out. Um, how to overcome these, I guess, mostly the feelings that we have when we're dealing with battles. It may not do away with the battle itself, but it hopefully um, helps us with the emotions and the feelings that we have as we're in the middle of these battles. So, Alan, what, what do we need to do first? Well, I think the first thing we need to remember is that God's the one who calls us. He's the one who equips us. And we really need to rely on him to begin fighting our battles for us. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes when we're trying to wage war, we don't realize there's someone with a much bigger sword than us. So, yeah. you know, I think it's about trust. And it's, it's mm -hmm. about saying, God, I'm going to walk with you through this, knowing that you're walking with me through this. Mm-hmm. That's really good. And I, I'm going to change our order of stuff because I think this, what fits together really good with this here is becoming a person of prayer because we're talking to the one who that we should be trusting in, you know, and that Michael W. Smith song, this is how I fight my battles. And he says it a bunch of times. And sometimes people listen to that. It's like, okay, I'm tired of him repeating, but I'm that guy that needs to hear it repeated a lot of times. Because it's just, I forget. That's the way I fight my battles is through prayer. Well, and I think it's important, too. The Bible tells us pray for our enemies. Mm -hmm. Man, that is unfun. But I think there's a reason. There's a reason God wants us to pray for our enemies. One, he loves them. But I think there's a practical reason. It is hard to stay in a, in a war mentality with someone you're praying for. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think one of the reasons that our churches are struggling so much with the polarization in our in our communities today is because we have forgotten how um, to pray for for people who disagree with us for, quote, our enemy. 
And I think that changes everything. It, it really does. You know, I told someone who was going through a rough stretch with a, a leader and lay leader in their church. I said, you know, just send them a note reminding them you're praying for them. Just saying, hey, I prayed for you today. And I said, it's really hard for them to justify being mad at you when they know you are seriously praying for them. And, yeah. and you can you can change. A, prayer does change things. It changes me, but prayer can change others as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, prayer prayer is essential. Yeah. Well, the other side of that, not a, not only us growing our prayer life and trusting in God more, but also this is a big deal is to have a group of people as your prayer warriors. Um, you know, I had my grandmother was my biggest prayer warrior for so long, and I really missed when she passed. But over the years, I've had other people that have, you know, committed to praying for me and uh, groups in the church. And I saw a deal on Facebook and said, you know, um, Spurgeon was asked why he was successful. And he said, my church people pray for me. And I, I love that. And the reason we're going to be successful is through God's power and because our people yeah. are praying for us. Yeah, you know, I was really encouraged this week. I was at a church. It was my first time um, to be with uh, this church. The pastor's doing a great job. And um, one of the members came up and said, hey, man, we are so glad you're in our association. How can we pray for you? What's something that we can really pray for you about? And I shared with them, even from the pulpit, one of the thing, initiatives that we'd really like to think on and um at the end of the service they just had a time of prayer for that and uh, man i was so i went away so encouraged and Mm. it is there's nothing like prayer and knowing that people are sincerely praying for you to empower you and equip you and i think that that leads us to that other element that's in our note strength that's that empathy for people Mm-hmm. You know, I, wounded people wound people. Hurting people hurt people. It's just yes. the reality. And, you know, it it doesn't justify bad behavior. Nothing justifies bad behavior. Um, but it maybe gives us a, a, a sense of understanding, uh, at least. And it helps us. It helps us avoid becoming cynical. It helps us... Be- avoid becoming the person who's always looking for a fight mm-hmm. and all those kinds of things. And I will tell you, there is a place for standing and fighting for something. I'm not yeah. saying that we should just be pushovers, but I'm saying what, what I'm saying is, is at least understanding where things come from can be a big help to you in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And remember, you know, when Jesus is asked, what are the greatest commands? And he says, first of all, love God with everything that you are. But then he says the second is just like it. And that is that that love is going to overflow with love for people around us. And so what Alan is saying, having that empathy for people and realizing that usually the thing that they come against a pastor, come against you as a minister with, it's usually not the main thing. There's some other hurt that has happened in their life or happening in their life that they're, they don't know how to, deal with it and so you're the closest target and so sometimes it's hard for us not to take that personal but we do need to think about there's something else going on and so start asking them questions yeah trent we're big i mean this is the we're the enduring churches podcast we want you to in your church to endure we want you to have a long and fruitful ministry where god has planted you 
But if your church is a constant battle, there there could come that point in time where God says, okay, you've done what I've asked you to do. You've learned what I need you to learn, and it's time to walk away. And sometimes the embattled pastor needs to walk away before they go down the same road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know there are times when God removes the church's lamp, uh, you know, lampstand. They they um, are so disobedient that God just takes them out of the picture, and you know, and sometimes He sends that pastor on to someplace else. Um, it, it happens, and we don't want that. Just like Alan said, we are the Enduring Churches podcast. We want both the church and the pastor to do well and to last long in ministry. So. I think this is a big deal. It is. So don't treat it lightly. You know, uh, mm-hmm. um, for those of you who are younger in ministry, let me encourage you every fight, you're going to have to learn to win some battles. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just part, part of leading people. You're going to have to learn to win some battles. So at the first sight of a battle, don't assume that, that you are the embattled pastor. Assume you're a pastor who's got a battle. Yeah. The battle pastor is that one who's, this is a constant way of life. Mm. This is just ongoing day after day, week after week. For the rest of us, we need to learn to, to, to kind of fight these battles on, a day, on, an, on an occasional basis. But when it's constant, that, that's when you're in this situation. So that's something we want you to think about is, is am I really in battle or am I just facing some battles? So make sure, make sure before you just tuck tail and, and run that you, you really do know the situation. Yeah. And keep in mind that if, if you're a pastor and you, you are pastoring people, um, which you wouldn't be a pastor if you weren't, but if you're pastoring people, there's going to be battles. Uh, that's just the way it is. Um, and if you didn't realize that before you got into ministry, let me be the first to tell you there's going to be battles. And so we do this podcast because we want you to do well. We want you to last even through battles, even through hard times and struggles. And we want your church to do well as well. And so we appreciate you taking time to listen to us today. Um, We're going to include in our show notes how to get a hold of us. Um, We hope that you will share this podcast with someone else and that you will also send us um, maybe a suggestion of another topic. But we do this for you and it's always fun for us. And so thank you for listening. God bless you. And tune in next time for the Enduring Churches podcast.